We need more diversity among speakers at events. Not exposure, but paid opportunities. But I'm going to take it a step further. Event organizers need to make sure speakers from marginalized backgrounds and diverse representation are not always called upon to only talk about their identity or that being the only reason they are there. You see, there is such a thing as virtual signaling tokenism where we aren't empowered because of what we bring to the table. We are productized and paraded for perception of inclusivity, but not for the depths of equity or belongingness. We are more than our identity. Therefore, we shouldn't always be the ones speaking about our identity as if there aren't other things we can't speak on. And I challenge event organizers to not only consider the ethical impact, but also challenge you to consider the financial impact that comes from building and navigating and bringing on more to the table, more diverse experiences to your events. The numbers prove that. Statistically, you are in a better situation, whether you are an event organizer or you are a leader who's bringing on someone to speak and empower and educate your employees. Now, many times people weaponize that initiative as a way to discredit people who may be not of non-color status, that they don't get their seat at the table either. And that is not true. We're not saying that every seat needs to be filled by a black man or woman or marginalized community representative. Well, we are saying that the, by the basis of what is determined to have those seats at the table are diverse, aren't the same regurgitated person with the same regurgitated bio, the same regurgitated life experience focused message across the board. What good is that? If you want to bring flavor and bring some spice and everything nice, you want to diversify to magnify, to accelerate, to expand, to grow. Black is not only beautiful. Black is not only powerful. But let me tell you this, black is profitable. Connecting one human to another with vulnerability and authenticity is a key to human well-being. A modern approach to mentoring, one that creates a mentoring program that really matters, has never been more important, especially in the digital HQ. Aug Mentors, hosted by Julie Meyer and Jimmy Egerton, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Entrepreneurs Julie and Jimmy, who care deeply about human well-being and bringing more connection to the workplace, dive into mentoring and exploring ways to augment and refresh the mentoring movement using eight core principles that weave relevant spirit guides and diverse guests. Julie and Jimmy use humor and practical tips to help mentors and mentees get further, faster, together. You can listen to Aug Mentors wherever you get your podcasts. I recently was asked by my dear friend Megan Powers to come on to her Trade Show Talk podcast during this time of Black History Month and articulate the benefit and the value that comes from bringing on diverse voices and experiences to the stage. I expressed my feelings on social impact, the need for more women, 
the need for more women, again, the need for more women and diverse individuals with a seat at the table. And I also shared my own personal experiences as a black creator, as a black speaker. And I shine some light on the very organization that is sponsoring this podcast and part of the HubSpot podcast network being HubSpot. And I express my time at Inbound as well. One, as Inbound 21, as a speaker, panel speaker, and as everyone knows from previous year, as the host and MC on the main stage for Inbound 2022. The truth and the reality is I shared this conversation because I think there needs to be more light on the matter at hand when it comes to selection process for speaking, what people speak on, and the expectations are. I do want people to listen to the full episode on the Trade Show Talk podcast hosted by my dear friend Megan Powers, which the link is in the show notes below. And I would encourage you to click on that link to share that link as I believe it will drive to different conversations and bring up a lot of different nuances. But I did want to share a few clips of my interview in this episode. What's up, digital world? You're listening to the I Digress audio experience with Troy Sanders. Social media, marketing, storytelling, business, culture, and more. Coming to you in three, two, one. Without further ado, our guest today is a friend of mine. Full disclosure, I've had him on my other podcasts before, and he always brings it. Troy Sandage is an award-winning growth marketing strategist, startup growth advisor, and B2B RevOps specialist known as the Strategy Hacker, who builds strategies, systems, and solutions for emerging brands to become more sustainable, scalable, and profitable. The author of Strategize Up has generated over $175 million in revenue for clients worldwide. Troy is the founder of Strategy Hackers and a keynote speaker who has spoken at over 600 events on five continents. His mission is to empower 1,000 marginalized businesses over the next five years. And so when I thought about what I wanted to talk about this month, Troy was the first person who came to mind. You're the first guest I've had on who isn't officially an event professional. But by virtue of the fact that you are a speaker, I thought it would be good to have a conversation with someone who's involved in events, but not in events to talk about this. You had a pretty big role at HubSpot's Inbound conference not too long ago. They seem to have gotten the memo on diversity, at least in the last couple of years, looking through who their speakers have been. I would like to hear from you, what was that experience like for you? And then what did it mean to have such a visible role at Inbound? Being in that moment, especially having time to kind of reflect, you know, and really think about what that moment meant, not only to me, but many people who were there, attendants and people who are watching virtual. Keep in mind, this was the first inbound event that was hybrid. It was mm-hmm. virtual and in person. So we're juggling both. We're reaching right. global domestic audiences out, out of Boston and internationally everywhere who are HubSpot users, who are part of the community, who are there for the speakers and everything else. And to have that opportunity to be this public, to be frank, a little bit intimidating. The thing is, we may not be used to having the spotlight. It's kind of like you're so used to the struggle of almost in the spotlight, but you're not. And then you're actually in the spotlight <laughs> like, no, if I'm ready. <laughs> And I would say that they did a phenomenal job with their selection. It felt so authentic in their selection process of who they had. And I think it was done with such intention. Even the order, if I'm looking at day one, on day two, day three, it all kind of flowed and had like sub-series of messages that built off each other. And it was a great experience. And the last thing I would say, I don't think if it wasn't in that environment, my performance wouldn't have been as good. Because 
I felt really comfortable in my skin and being able to just talk the way I want to talk, not having a code switch, just be real, not having to yeah. feel like I have to be a certain persona that isn't representative of me across all value props. And I think I was able to convey different sub messages even throughout the conference for that point. I love that. Well, and I love that you talked to the authenticity of it because that is something, you know, you think about and that I've heard from Black friends who they feel like they're the token, you know, I feel like I only got asked so that they have someone of color. And so I think that's probably been your experience in the past, right? 100%. I can definitely co-sign that. Well, and I was really excited for you. My niece, she was there and I I sent her a picture. I think I screen captured your tweet and I said, that's my friend, Troy. I was really excited for you. And that's part of what got me thinking too about having this conversation is, and it's not just that there still aren't enough people of color on stages, that there are not a lot of women on stages. And so we'll dig into that a little bit. I do think that there are some shows that are doing it better than others, but it it does need to become part of the fabric of like what you're doing. Do you feel like there's going to be more opportunity for you to speak because of that experience? I'm hopeful to believe that. I'm not naive to 15 minutes of fame, you know, one and done. I have experienced sub-series of that where you think this is a the, the launch pad for big things. And really, it was just an explosion that everyone saw and then they forgot and you're kind of left to ambiguity again. Not that I'm trying to speak of the future, but I'd consider that with a, a sense of caution and awareness that are these events coming to me because of Troy, the speaker, the MC, the energy, the knowledge, things that I bring to the table as just a human, or is this to check box? Is mm-hmm. it a PR thing? And let's be real, as a business, it is to your best benefit to come across as being diverse in your awareness and your articulation of messaging and consideration for your audience. There's a business to that. I will not deny that. But I find those who are authentic in their intentionalism, in their vetting of the process, in their publicity of how they, the criteria that they use for the intentionalism that they're selecting people for, even down to the bios they use for individuals. I've had many of times where I was expressed with a lot of superlatives and not actual facts. And I've seen other people who are maybe non-Black given the full of bio introductions. Now, Troy, what does that matter? It matters because you're not speaking or expressing who I want to show up as or who I am. You're itemizing, oh, this is an amazing Black person. They're really loud. They're bringing big energy. Well, yes, that, that's part of it. But let's look at the context. Look at the history. Let's look at the years of service. And that's not just for me as a Black man. That's to BIPOC, Latinx communities, mm-hmm. especially our women out here who, if we're looking at the stats, if we're looking at from 2020 onward, we, as we saw this massive boost since George Floyd and the protests and everything else, and that was cemented in a lot of people's minds, you'd be surprised the totality of it only increased 3 to 5% of people of color even being considered, not given, considered. And so things have digressed Mm -hmm. since we're coming out of the pandemic. And we get to the point of the Black History Month, and we have to understand like diversity and inclusion is a 365 thing. It's not a Black History Month for this month. It's not Latin Heritage Month for next month or Women History Month for next month and any of the other sub-months and things like that. It's a 365 thing that event coordinators and leaders need to consider for their conferences. The secret to driving your business forward is finding the discipline to focus on the key priorities you need to tackle while getting the right support for the things others can do for you. You can get the support you need without breaking the bank through virtual gurus. 
They match you with skilled, remote administrative talent, and you pay only for the hours you need through an affordable subscription plan. With no long-term commitments, with no recruiting costs, you can build the support team you need while keeping your operation lean, saving up to 40% compared to traditional hiring costs. Virtual Gurus is on a mission to provide work opportunities to underrepresented communities in the United States and Canada, giving you access to an incredibly diverse talent pool. They can match you with remote assistants who have a range of skill sets, including bookkeeping, data entry, sales and marketing support, email and calendar management, and much, much more. Work with one assistant, work with several assistants. It all depends on what you need. Start getting the support you need today. Book a free consult at thevirtualgurus.com slash I digress. That's thevirtualgurus.com forward slash I digress. All one word. I have really been trying to make an effort to have diversity on my different podcasts that I host. It is something you have to be conscious of. And this is, goes to the next thing I was going to ask you about is what can we suggest to event organizers? Because you have to be purposeful. But like you say, it needs to be authentic too. It needs to not just be checking a box. What do you suggest event organizers do to focus on having more women of color or more people of color and more women speaking at their events? I think is a question that has been deep and dying. People are trying to figure out for the last couple of years in particular. And I think the first thing is to consider is who is my audience? What do they need? Because the worst thing someone can do under the lens of diversity, select speakers who aren't speaking to your audience, regardless of skin color, regardless of race or socioeconomic status, where they are in the world. If yeah. they can't bring value, that simply just reaffirms the stereotype that these individuals can't support a conference, can't sell seats, which we get as a business, I, I will leave with that perspective first, then that's a problem. So knowing your audience, knowing what they need, that gives you the scope of, okay, in this lens, who from what they need can serve this and is diverse and mm -hmm. is a person of color and is from various demographics, age groups, and have different storytelling and narratives that this audience can get behind, can see themselves in, can connect to. When you go from that lens in that way, that's probably the best possible way. And I would add to that too, and I know sometimes it's difficult, but I have found event organizers who make their criteria public, who mm. empowers the public, maybe not to fully fill every seat of who they're going to have on the panel or on the conference, but to have a voice or a say in who they would suggest. Because you, even with the data, it may not be accurate. It may not be updated. And as right. things have shifted in the market, as pandemic has modified and optimized what's in and what's out, maybe we need to just see, what do y'all need? Where can you find us, help us find people? Because that also protects you as the event organizers and the brand. Because whenever you let the people lead you to suggest, and they're part of that mission, that's a phenomenal campaign. And it shows that you're looking at it from the right lens, in my opinion. That's a great suggestion. I like that. Well, and I would say too, seeking out, like once you know, kind of what the topics are going to be or what you want people to speak to, going out and seeking out people who are more diverse pool of people, because that's actually something I'd like to look at to see how many women versus men are on stages. But it blows me away whenever I see a panel that's just all white men still in this day and age. I'm like, what, really? Like, what? What? 
why? <laughs> I don't understand it. And so I love I like to that. add to yeah. that vantage point because sometimes that can feel like a sour point, right? When we say this, we're not trying to be um, alterian about it. We're yeah. calling out is, and it's now 2023, and you mean to tell me we couldn't find a more robust, qualified group of individuals from different backgrounds to talk on the subjects? And in most cases, you'll find the same people who have written the book 20 years ago haven't added any new context, no new information, and you're only buying their identity and I can and not yeah. considering are they in the now? And in most cases, you'll find the same people who may be of a white male, Caucasian, may be outdated. But because of what they've done from their past, from their network, we let's be blunt, could be have a blind eye to the reality that maybe right now this person isn't the best serving for this new audience. We have five generations in the workforce now. You mean right. to tell me the last two generations may be familiar with someone from way back when in the 70s or be even before that? We have to consider that too, that yeah. we need some fresh people, some fresh perspectives for new realities that we're facing. And I think yeah. that's the part I just want to echo to add to that, that we're not just Ooh, it has to be rainbow coalition per every panel. We're, that's not what we're saying. What we're really saying is that we just want to make sure that we're giving a strong grouping of diverse perspectives within the pool to express themselves. Amen. If you haven't set your 2023 goals, now's the perfect time. You know, one of my goals this year is to increase my productivity, performance, and profitability. And sure, finding ways to grow better personally can be easier said than done. As we all know, New Year's resolutions and after the month of January. <laughs> but I digress. But finding ways to grow better in business is as easy as HubSpot. With HubSpot's CRM platform, better value and growing better go hand in hand. That's because HubSpot lets you try before you buy and has lightning fast onboarding times whether your business is going live tomorrow or went public yesterday. And with sales, marketing and operations tools, your teams can stay connected and focused on reaching both your goals and your customers' goals. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. I want to talk a little bit about solidarity. We have a friend, he's been asked to speak at conferences where when he looked at who else was speaking, when there wasn't a single woman speaking and he refused, he took a stand and said, I'm not going to speak at a conference where it's just all a bunch of, you know, white dudes. You have no women. There's no diversity. What are your thoughts on solidarity? I think, you know, it comes back to intentionalism. And I do think we have to look at solidarity for the depths and not for it to be a virtual signal and for mm -hmm. not to be a PR stunt or you're not really fixing the problem. You're just kind of like calling out the problem because you're the one who called it out. You kind of get this added bonus and benefit from it. When it comes to solidarity, make sure the foundation of it, if you're going to make a statement and you're going to articulate in a certain way, it is rooted in the right mannerisms and message and undertones. I mean, do your due diligence because you can't take it back. And if the solidarity statement and what you're pushing out doesn't align, it can really backfire. 
I distinctly remember a little bit after, and I know, Megan, you remember this too, after the George Floyd, I had a, a series of, we want Troy to talk about what businesses should do in social media, talk about different things. What do we talk about? How do we address? How do we help? We just want to do. And there comes times where you just don't. Sometimes the best thing to do is just not to do anything because it isn't your place to stay right. anything, to do anything. And many times there's people behind the scenes who are empowering others to get further and they're not even mentioned. No one even knows. And sometimes that might be the best policy. Yes, if you see something, say something when it's in your lane, when it makes sense. But I just caution, if you're not prepared to deal with external blowback or resistance to your solidarity statement, and then you kind of soften it a bit because you wasn't prepared for that resistance, that makes us as people of color, you know, you weren't ready. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something you have to consider. And I caution, you know, I've been black my whole life. So I understand certain nuances and struggles and I'm used to that. All right. I'm a shocker. Right. Um, (laughs) And I think some people who empathize want to do something, they say a lot of words publicly, and then they get into the trenches of the reality of the truth. This is very challenging. Why do you think it's, hey, we're still talking about this in 2023? It sounds like a simple, easy fix, but it's not. And that's the truth. But the more conversations that we're having right now, provides education, provides insights, provides perspective that people with power, that people who are listening, who are event organizers and conference leaders and owners of events and different like that, consider these things and take that to heart. We need to build policies. We need to bring in leadership who have diverse DEI training, belongingness training to educate us on things we don't know and help us lead and guide us on how we pick, how we present, even where the conferences are held. Has anyone not considered where conferences are held? That, hey, if we had in a certain state or city, we would have a very diverse crowd and be thousands upon thousands of people, but we didn't think about that because we go to the same cities, the same Mm -hmm. areas. And so all these things are not to bombard or overwhelm everyone, but these are things that we have to deal with and navigate on the daily. Event organizers need to make sure speakers from marginalized backgrounds are not all talking about their identity or only there because of their identity. They are more than their identity. Speakers from marginalized backgrounds shouldn't always be the ones speaking about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belongingness. They should be allowed to speak to their expertise, stories, and perspectives that matter in the grand scheme of who they are as an individual, but also as a contributor to those zone of geniuses that they possess. We need to stop thinking about inclusiveness and diversity as an add-on and make that a standard, a standard essential necessity when planning out, when organizing, when building and executing conferences and events for people to have value, to have memorable moments, and have massive value-add takeaways to make a bigger, longer-lasting impact, that ripple effect from the event. Once event organizers, planners, and leaders understand that reality and that truth, they will then see substantial benefits from ticket sales, to expanded press, to opportunities that at the end of the day makes everyone money, but more importantly, brings higher value and quality to the overarching impact of events worldwide. Yes, such important points, Troy. Thank you so much for taking us home with that. 
The one thing I hope that you took away from listening to the snippets I shared here is that there's work that needs to be done, but the work can be justified financially. If you notice in my articulation of what I was trying to express and share, I want to keep redirecting the fact that it's not only the right thing to do, it's the best financial thing to do. The more diverse you are and the experiences you can provide and drive home to the end user, to your customers, to your clients, to your listeners, to your viewers, to your buyers, the better off you are. Don't fool yourself. The buying power of black and Latinos in the United States alone are trillions of dollars. Yeah, I want you to think about that. By choosing not to learn and educate and empower and bring on representatives of different socioeconomical status communities and marginalized communities together to not only be an advocate for what you're doing, but to articulate and express and educate on things that only their equipped life experiences, challenges, and education can provide to your audience, to your listeners, to your viewers. You are doing yourself a disservice, not only culturally, but financially. Again, black is not only beautiful, black is not only powerful, but black is profitable. Black is not only beautiful, black is not only powerful, black is profitable. And the better and the quicker event organizers and leaders and the powers that be can see that, be clear on that, and move in that direction, the faster things will change and the bigger things will grow. You start to expand and see why are more people joining our events? Why are more people buying our products? Why are more people using our services? It's because we stopped focusing on one subset and assuming no other sets and subsets could be an active user, buyer, member, or viewer of our content, of our stages, of our products, and what we sell. Black is not only beautiful. Black is not only powerful. Black is profitable. And it is in your best interest to be more diverse. It is in your best interest to create more diverse experiences using qualified candidates, speakers, and individuals who can deliver on those things. Not because of their identity or their race or their socioeconomic status, but because they are qualified to do so. That is what my hope, that is what I wish, and that is what I'm being an advocate for. And I will do this time and time again on my own podcast to express this note and alliterate time and time again. Black is not only beautiful. Black is not only powerful. Black is profitable. Being diverse is profitable. Having a high level standard of culture, of diversity, of equity, of inclusion, of belongingness, and moving that initiative, moving those action points to fruition, to completion, to acceptance, and to being in practice only leads to more profitability only leads to more scalability, only leads to more growth and success for your organization, for your leadership, for your business. It's worth the investment. It's worth the education. It's worth launching and finishing those initiatives. It's worth it. So stand on it. Think about it. Act on it. And that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Digress. What was your takeaway? Care to share your thoughts and tag Troy on social media? You can find him on all platforms at Find Troy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review or comment for this episode from wherever you're listening. 
Looking for a marketing strategist to build the structure, strategies, and systems you need to get the success you want and the ROI you desire in your business? Book a discovery call to talk with Troy at findtroy.com. And as Troy's philosophy goes, imagination is the engine, content is the fuel, social media is the highway, marketing is the roadmap, sales is the destination, culture is the GPS. Thanks for listening. Yeah.